Dad, you know how you were saying I need to do more, be more, the whole fast fiber thing? Yes. Anyways, I saw that Vox is offering free standard installation and activation to the value of 3,000 rands. <laughs> That is a good deal. With the money you save, I can buy some new skins for Fortnite. Talk about money in the bank. With free activation to the value of 3,000 Rand. Live smart. Hack life. Level up with Vox Fiber. Visit vox.co.za. T's and C's apply. I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 254 for the week starting 24 March 2019. Talk Central is brought to you by techcentral.co.za. WhatsApp the show 071-999-1111. On Talk Central this week, YouTube Premium and YouTube Music launch in South Africa. We unpack it all. Also on the show, Quasar Free TV to take on ETV and the SABC. Microsoft to build antivirus software for Macs. We mm. preview Apple's Monday keynote and uh, our first thoughts on Huawei's Mate X foldable phone. It's Sunday afternoon. It's 1 p.m. We're live streaming it live at techcentral.co.za and it's time to talk everything tech. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rehart? How's it, Duncan? So we've been missing the show uh, for various reasons over the last couple of weeks. I think you were away, away in <laughs> yeah, Durban yeah. for a bit. How was Durban? Mm. It was very good, thanks. It was nice to touch the seaside, touch the beach. Yeah, whereabouts in Durban were you? Um, kind of in the main main area there. I've got some people in Westville, so just okay. in the main center, you know. But yeah. uh, Durban's always a lot of fun. It's such a nice little seaside town. <laughs> yeah. I will try and go back there as often as what I can. Yeah, I grew up there. I love the place. Um, mm. Still an avid shark supporter. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a bit quaint in, in some respects, I suppose. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I, I also like it a lot. The humidity, though, I, 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 I used to be used to it. But whenever mm. I go down there in the mm. summer now, I die of that heat. It's yeah, look, crazy. it's kind of part of the novelty. Part of the novelty, I guess, for somebody going there uh, on holiday, you know, mm. kind of having that that heat, and it's quite nice. But yeah, uh, yeah if you live there, you want air conditioners in your house, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, awesome. Coming from yeah. East London, you know, it's it's also a small. Well, it was a small town. You know, it, it, Durban is just so much nicer. The water is so much warmer. Mm. Uh, you know, all the little towns up the coast. You know, there's a lot to like about it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we're back with the show. Hopefully, we'll be we are back regularly now. Although there are lots of other projects on the go at the moment, which are which are keeping me busy, and I'm sure Rehard, you're also hectic at the moment. It seems oh, so. yes. oh, yes. everything's happening right now, and there's certainly a lot to talk about in the technology space at the moment. Um, and oh. we're going to dive into that in some detail now. But before we get to all of that, let's do our quiz. The first question: Google has launched YouTube Premium in South Africa, which includes a subscription to YouTube Music. How much does it cost? And which JSE-listed IT company this week delayed publication of its interim financial results by three weeks? Quasi Free TV has been granted a license to offer free-to-air digital TV in South Africa. What is the first channel it plans to launch? And in HD. And Uber is getting ready to list. Which stock exchanges it reportedly decided to list on? And the final question, which international company has acquired 23% of South African fiber telecommunications company, Metro Fiber Networks? As always, the answers to the show, uh, to the show, the answers to the quiz at the <laughs> end of the show. But let's uh, let's dive into the news because there's actually quite a lot to get through today and uh, quite exciting stuff. Mm. Um, we saw just this last week the launch in South Africa of YouTube Premium and YouTube Music. Oh, uh, yes. This is I was so excited. News. <laughs> I signed up the moment the press release came through. Yeah, same here. As mm. soon as I heard about it, I, I went and... Uh Mm. Handed over my 80 rand for month per month forever. I take it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> 72 to be to be uh, to be exact, which is sure, a lot sure. cheaper than um, uh, people in Europe and North America pay for YouTube Premium, mm. which is fantastic. I think it's almost three times that price in the US. Uh, so Google showing uh, us emerging markets a bit of love there. Um, yeah, 72, yeah. 72 bucks a month. So let's unpack this. For 72 rand a month, you get YouTube Premium, which means no ads. No pre-roll ads in YouTube, which yeah. for, for me is justifies the price up front already. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Included in that, though, is a subscription to YouTube Music, which standalone costs 60 Rand a month. So, in effect, you're paying, to get rid of the, you're paying 12 Rand to get rid of the ads, um, and you get the mm. YouTube Music thrown in. I think that's a very interesting and a very 
smart competitive move by Google um, because they know they're up against a uh, they're in a big fight with um, with Spotify and Apple Music. They haven't um, they haven't really done that well in in streaming music relative to um, those two bigger pr- providers. Mm, um, and mm. this this I think is going to question make a lot of people question whether they should re- retain their Apple Music or Spotify subscriptions. Um, I, we're both Spotify users. Have you? You've signed up for, for YouTube Premium, so you're getting YouTube Music as part of the mix. Um, yeah. Are you going to continue to subscribe to both, or will you will you ditch Spotify? Yeah, I don't. I will definitely not ditch Spotify. Uh, Spotify is still a far more mature platform, mm. um, and it's got a few integrations in things that I just become accustomed to and I can't live without. So it's got integration into my DJ app, which I use all the time, like mm-hmm. just to play music. Um, it works very well with Shazam. I don't think uh, YouTube uh, music is integrated with Shazam yet. There's a few other little things. I mean, I, I think YouTube, I'm not, I'm, not dis- I'm not discounting or discrediting YouTube yet. I mean, it's still a very, uh, it's, as a music-only service offering, it's still kind of in its infancy, right? Mm. So it still has to kind of grow. Uh, like you said, just for music alone, music videos alone, or just YouTube alone without ads, it's the price is justified, and that's how I'm looking at it at the moment. I'm not really looking at the music aspect yet. Only when I'm watching music videos on YouTube does it really kind of yeah. play a role for me. Yeah. But in terms of my music, Spotify, I don't, it's still my favorite app. Uh, it's just got so much more in terms of something for the audio file, you know, yeah. uh, in terms of how I categorize my music and all my playlists and yes. um, the social aspect of it. Uh, I can justify paying for both at the moment, um, but Spotify will certainly remain my main audio mm. player. So I mean, how, do, how do you feel about it? I, I haven't made up my mind. So there's a three-month three, three tr- free trial on, on uh, Google Premium or, mm. on, or on YouTube Music. So I've signed up for this, and it's three months free. Um, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play with it for a, for a bit longer and, and see if it is a compelling alternative to Spotify. Um, I haven't tried playlist management in YouTube Music yet. I don't know if it actually does it. Um, but, uh, you know, just for firing up a, 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 an album or something, there, there's no mm. real difference between the two platforms. If you just want to sit at your desk and listen to some music, um, it's, it's very easy to type music.youtube.com and, uh, and, and just listen to a tune. Of course, there's an app for Android as well. I think there's one for iOS. Mm. Um, so from that perspective, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're equals. But um, you make some good points about um, some of the advanced functionality that you find inside Spotify that, um, that YouTube Music doesn't necessarily offer at this point in time, like advanced playlist management, which is, um, which is one of the most powerful features. Also things like Discover Weekly um, mm-hmm. and, and, and similar services that they've been, obviously been building over years and years and years. Uh, YouTube Music, well, you know, it's a new proposition in this market. It's, you know, it's ki- I guess it's kind of built out of Google Play Music, which interestingly is still around and you can still subscribe to it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I- I'll probably make a decision in a couple of weeks' time. Mm-hmm. I am a little confused with the Google Music slash YouTube Music thing. Um, I mean, are they going to become the same thing? I, pre- I think they're going to deprecate uh, 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 Google Play Music. I, I think, mm. think the idea is that YouTube Music is the is the, the new, brand. Is the, is the yeah, brand yeah, that's their yeah. new streaming service. I suppose they keep the other one in play because there are people using that, and you mm. know you don't want to shock the system by uh, by telling people, "Oh, sorry, this sure, is no longer sure. available." Um, but I suppose no, they'll probably yeah. Sorry, go for it. I was going to say that they'll probably um, gently um, nudge users over to YouTube mm. Music mm. in time. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're right. The other thing I was worried, wondering about though is is audio quality as well, and this is something that I've I've just kind of started looking around but from what I can see is that the YouTube music still doesn't have that same upper level audio quality that Spotify and some of the other music players have. I stand to be corrected and, here, but I think it streams at 256 kilobits per second maximum, whereas um, Spotify is 320 kilobits per second yeah, maximum. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm not an audiophile. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between those two streaming qualities. Well, you would tell the difference. And like, so I was, so I've got some uh, playlists on YouTube for music videos because yeah. I love music videos. Um, and I would, I love to put those on once in a while on the TV playing in the background great stuff hmm. but the audio quality on some of these do vary a lot on the youtube myself, videos on the videos yeah so hmm. i'm i kind of have to monitor my volume levels I, i'm sure the music aspect when they when they pull the music just from an audio file would be hmm. different right hmm. but certainly the youtube music video side of things still needs a bit of work in that department i yes. guess because there's a lot of there's a lot of music videos on youtube that's maybe not a new video it's just kind of recovered from an old file or something yeah you know? yeah 
Um, but I like it. And I, I like, um, have you played around with music.youtube.com? Um, I you like mean the website. The website, yeah. And, and the app for that matter. I, I like the fact mm, that the, mm. you know, you bring up an artist and it shows you their music videos um, in, uh, yeah. amongst the other stuff, which, which Spotify doesn't do. Um, mm, so mm. if you want to, oh, yeah, I forgot about that um, uh, uh, video from whatever artist. Um, yes, yes. And, and you go through there, oh, I haven't seen that video before. And you can mm. play. And, you know, it's, uh, it's quite nice, um, which Spotify doesn't offer as far as I'm aware. Sure. No, I agree with you. And that's why I love YouTube music. I love the music, not, not having the ads pop up before my playlists. Yes. Um, look, I, I, I still see them both serving a slightly different need. But if, if you're a, if you're just a kind of a guy that just wants music, it makes a lot more sense just to have one package. I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. Um, then something like, you know, YouTube music or the old Google music, you know, uh, kind of the in- integration would be sufficient. Mm. If they, if their catalogs are, um, if their catalogs are big enough, I guess. Yes. And today that's not really an issue, right? So everybody's mm. kind of got all the music in any case. Yeah. But still, I think it's a very clever play by Google. Um, and, and people who don't, haven't thought of using a streaming music service to date may very well be, um, enticed into this through the ad free, ad free mm. YouTube experience. And hey, you get YouTube music as part of it. And then it signs, it makes the market that much bigger and allows Google music or, or YouTube music to, to, to grab more market share. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's a very clever play, and I think it's, it's a threat to Spotify. Oh, very much so, especially at that price. Um, and and that's, that's, I think that's also why they brought it in at that, uh, at that discounted rate for, for these markets. Because um, yeah. yeah. they want to give those, <laughs> those other brands a run for their money. Yes. Um, but let's, let, if we just look on the YouTube side, YouTube without ads is such a different experience. It is. It is. It's. I, I. I. I mean, I consume YouTube generally a lot, many hours a day, and not having an irritating ad pop up five times a video sometimes. Yeah, you know, yeah. Especially on these long podcasts that I listen to. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, you. You. You're watching um, David Gilmore from Pink Floyd doing comfortably <laughs> numb or something, and he's halfway through the one of the greatest guitar solos of all time, mm. and then mm. an ad for Trivago pops up. <laughs> <laughs> and those things are inevitably like three or four decibels louder than the actual yes. music video itself. Yes. Um, but music videos, you know, we, we didn't really grow up with music videos in South Africa. Uh, no. we, we, we didn't have MTV in those things. We saw the odd music video in between um, open time ads, I remember. Mm. But I used to love watching music videos, and I never had that fix until later in life you, uh, music, uh, we started sharing um Video files, you know, you started, mm. uh, somebody's downloaded some mu- music videos and we'd share them like music files. Yes. Um, and then YouTube came along and, you know, we could spend hours just kind of looking at old music videos, yes. just clicking through, going. <laughs> um, and I still discover stuff that I can't believe I haven't seen. Um, and it's just a different experience because the visual side to a music video is just a different way to mm-hmm. um, experience the music. Um, we had again. De- you, you want both? We had a deprived youth, Rechot. <laughs> we did. Uh, no internet, no music videos, and by the we time barely had gaming. And by the time MTV launched in South Africa, it was a shadow of its former self. Yeah, it was all reality shows and well, awful yeah, yeah. beats. Remember that beats. terrible show with Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, oh, the Osbournes. The I Osbournes. was kind of into that initially. I oh, mean, no. Who didn't, who didn't love Ozzy Osbourne and his <laughs> mad antics? <laughs> I think it was his wife that just drove me nuts. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't watch more than an episode of it. <laughs> no, look, it certainly wasn't good television. Let's just no. get that straight. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, that, killed, that killed MTV for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, back in the days when it was, you know, when it actually showed music videos 24 hours a day. That mm. was a great channel. You see, DSTV has killed VH1, by the way. It quietly did. So I saw mm. somebody posting a comment on uh, Twitter, I think, and I was kind of surprised and very disappointed. Mm. Um, Not that I watched it. I really it. enjoyed. I enjoyed it when I had DSTV. Yeah. It was the only way to really. Because also I like curated music videos, right? So yes. I mean, I've got my own playlist, but like with any music, you you do want like just a good list of whatever, yeah. whatever hits. Or I'm, I'm looking at the music YouTube now, so they've also got the l- playlists. So if you want some high-energy music or just something to listen mm. Mm. Uh, in the background, um, which is, you know, that's the way you want to consume music videos. And, and that's what uh, MTV and VH1 kind of missed. And that kind of, that's why they went the other way with their content, unfortunately. Mm. They missed a trick. But I guess the internet probably also in the internet killed, them. And, uh, mm. killed them, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, now you get your music videos on there. What's that music video platform that did so well for a, for, for a long time? I think it's still around. Is it Vivo? Something like that? Vivo? Uh, Vimeo, you're talking about? No, 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 not that. Vivo. Um, I Vivo is actually Vivo's actually got a channel. They've got very popular channels on uh, YouTube. Okay. So they are, are present. But mm. I know what you're talking about. I don't think Vivo in its current form still exists. I could be okay. wrong. Maybe, in its old form. maybe it wasn't called Vivo. Maybe it was something else. I forget. But a lot of music videos were, went, went onto that platform. It was a music video, online music video distribution platform. I, th- I think you're right because, mm. like I said, there is a big – like if you – Vivo – anything on youtube they've mm. got massive um they obviously have licenses for these music videos right yeah, yeah you can't just make channels with these things yeah but yeah youtube you want to watch a music video now you go to youtube you don't uh, go and switch on your tv and look for a music channel mm. oh fantastic now the other thing we should also note on that is that we don't get all of the premium content on youtube not yet that the u.s gets not yet yes the stuff that's on there wouldn't be worth watching to be honest yeah yet. I, <laughs> I had a very brief look at uh, at their originals content and it was very sparse and i saw nothing i wanted to watch it looked mainly like kids programming mm, mm. but it'll look, develop. I would be, it'll develop. Oh, for sure for mm. sure it's still early days just the fact you don't have the ads it's Again, it's worth paying for, um, and I think I hope the other uh, the other services take note. Imagine YouTube, uh, imagine Facebook without ads for forty rand a month, yeah, you know, yeah, or ten rand a month or whatever. Um, I, I would be interested to know how the back end works. How do they pay those? I mean, I guess in in terms of uh, in, instead of showing the ad, they just take that revenue, those ten cents or whatever, and give it to the yeah. creator. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So before that, we, sorry, Rafa. sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say they probably they probably there's probably a lot more in it for them too because if you're not a heavy YouTube user, uh, you know would you read that would you reach that eighty rand quota in terms of ad uh, ad delivery? Mm. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're probably going to lose money on on you and me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my YouTube's running twenty four seven. So uh, very very exciting news, I think, and I'm really glad to see them launch in South Africa. They also launched in India at the same time. Um, with similar quite keen pricing. Uh, I suppose a, a reason, one of the reasons why the pricing is so much lower is, is not just affordability issues in emerging markets, but also the fact that there is very little YouTube Originals content available at the moment. Yeah, I think that that is part of the play, but they have to be competitive. And uh, I don't think they would have really made a dent uh, for the cons- mass consumer market if they didn't go at this price. If they were yeah. anything more... Um, people would just go, but why? You know, because I spoke to a lot of people about it. I'm, I, when I rave about uh, not having ads on my YouTube experience, I say, oh, we don't care. Just give us an ad, and we don't want to pay for it. It's all free, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people um, will do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't see the value in paying 100 rand or 80 mm. rand or 70 rand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you can understand. I mean, if you've got a music streaming service, which a lot of people do, uh, you'll have one or the other. Mm. So before we move on uh, from all things Google, let's talk a little bit about the launch this week of Google or the announcement about uh, this new gaming streaming gaming platform, um, which I think is integrated into YouTube, if I'm not mistaken, called Google Stadia. I haven't looked at it in a great amount of detail, um, but it looks it looks potentially revolutionary. Oh yeah, I think I think this is this is definitely the way that we're going to be gaming in the future. And they're not proposing a new idea. We've kind of seen this in various iterations of various. Publishers have tried this in the past. I think HTC many years ago had their gaming on demand streaming service. If I, yeah, I, but it never launched, it never really took off. I think it was just too early days. But Google's also got a much bigger infrastructure, right? So mm. what they're proposing is essentially a controller that's linked directly to the cloud. So you, it's like a Xbox like controller, game controller. Connects via Wi-Fi directly to the server that it plays that that you're playing on, and you're essentially then streaming that video back to any screen, um, and then you can you can move from screen kind of effortlessly, um, and it's a subscription style service. You'll be able to play anything, stream to YouTube very easily. So it's also catering to the streaming market. Um, it's a very clever service, um, and considering what they want to do with video. Uh, or what they're already doing with video now that they can do it with gaming, um, yeah, it, it's going to be pretty big. Look, they didn't announce pricing yet. That's not uh, out in the public domain yet. So it'll be interesting to see how much. But considering you don't have to buy expensive hardware, mm. wow, you know that that could sway a lot of console users. Yeah, what does this mean for Steam? Well, if you're a PC user, I mean, I guess if you're a PC, I don't actually know. You can play with keyboard and mouse too on this. Yes. 
That's a, that's a very interesting point. Look, it depends on the licenses that they've got, right? So mm. who's, what's he going to be able to play on there? I'm not sure. I'm sure they're not going to have every game on there to begin with. Yeah. Um, they're probably going to feature the, the, the bigger titles that has got the biggest kind of pull, you know, the big titles. But in theory, um, you could play something like Battlefield 1, uh, assuming they get the license for that, streamed over the internet. Yes, exactly. That's it. I mean, it's, And you it's, don't need a PC. You don't a, need a machine. Or you a set-up box. Use, well, yeah, you need, you need a, a, a controller. A con- a controller. Um, I think you need something to connect your TV. Obviously, there will be a box of some sorts, probably. Will they? Okay. Or, or if you've got a, or if you've got a PC, it'll also work. But yeah, it's going to it's it's going to make it so easy to play games and make it so accessible. Cost depending, obviously, you'll probably be able to you'll probably be be able to let's say uh, play for some pay for some hours to play a particular title too. Mm. So if you only want to play uh, a game, you know, a specific title like PUBG or whatever. Uh, you know, just pay for a few hours on that. Um, so I, there's a lot of really interesting ways that they can gamify gaming, I guess, yeah. uh, make it, making it easier for people to play. It, could, it has the potential to open high-end gaming to the mass market because at the moment, if you want to play a high-end game like Battlefield 1, for example, mm. you need to invest a lot of money in hardware. Um, you need to yes. well, you either get it, you, either you get a, a new Xbox or, or PlayStation or you spend 20, 25, 30, 35 and upward r- grand um, on, a, on a high-end rig with uh, mm-hmm. NVIDIA or AMD graphics in it in order to play it. The, the promise here is that the infrastructure, the graphics um, processing infrastructure is going to be sitting in the cloud. Um, all the number crunching is going to happen there. And mm-hmm. um, it's simply, you're just simply going to need us to have a fast internet connection. Um, well, not even that. The, well, yes, you're going to need a decent internet connection. But mm. now the beautiful, the beautiful thing is you're connecting with other people that are sitting on the same server. So there's no more in-game lag. Right. And that is a pretty big th- – or there's no more in-game latency between players, if I can put it like yes, that. Yes, so, I understand. And that, that's a pretty big thing for gamers because for with PUBG, for example, I mean, we are playing with a high latency in South Africa, and it does impact the game because we don't have local servers. Yeah. With this, you don't need local servers. They just need a data center somewhere. Obviously, if it's local, it'll be great. But let's say even if it's in the U.S., hmm. you'll only be limited by your connection to that server, which with a fiber connection is sufficient. Yeah. One assumes that at some point, um, assuming this is successful in the U.S. or wherever they launch it first, that it will be rolled out to their data centers around the world, including South Africa. Oh, definitely. Look, I would imagine they're going to do a Europe-U.S. launch um, because Europe would be a a, a very good test ground for this kind of technology. And, and, you know, they've got a massive console gaming audience out there. Yes. I, I would coming back to your question earlier. I think it's it doesn't spell good things for the likes of Steam. But this is now another platform for them. So if they are on these platforms somehow, or if they license, I don't know. I don't know how what Google's plans are with, you know, titles. Yeah. It's um, potentially, but if this is a platform, it could work. It's potentially very good news for game developers because it broadens the audience massively, potentially. Oh, yes. And look, remember, VR is also coming now. You're offloading a lot of that processing power yeah. off of your machine. So you don't need, again, you don't need. Yeah. And now you're integrating this technology into, um, like, glasses type or a phone or you know this is the, the way that everything is going you know mm. we've seen the movies where all your, all your data is running elsewhere you just basically connect mm. to it with a little little device you just access the information we all know how hot those nvidia cards get especially those high-end ones um it'll be, <laughs> it'll be quite <laughs> quite interesting to visit the the data center where all this is going to be powered from and the air conditioning systems are going to have to put in to keep that data center cool because mm. this equipment is going to be running hot you make a good point. I mean, your PC does draw a significant amount of power if you run it all the time and if you yeah. if you do game all the time. Mm. Um, not having that load on your home machine, it's another good thing, especially in a in a in a ESCOM tight or electricity tight environment in South yeah. Africa. Yeah. Um, you could actually carry on gaming with an inverter uh, when yeah, the power's exactly. off. Um, whereas you, use an, you plug an inverter today into a, into a high-end rig with a high-end graphics card, it's going to suck mm. the battery out of that inverter very quickly. Exactly. Mm. And this is the beautiful thing about the system. So your controller, your controller is connecting directly to the cloud, and I assume you'll be able to run it off a cable powered or wireless. So if you need to charge it while you're playing, you can do that. Your screen, so let's say, for example, you're using an iPad or just a, a notebook or something, um, that as a screen, if it's just streaming something, doesn't require as much power as it actually doing the processing. So you'll be able to game for longer yeah. with the same technology you have now. Yes. Um, 
it's very it's exciting. A, it's a killer. It's going to be an industry mm. changer without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've seen. I've, I'm still going through all the the articles where there, there's there's a lot of there is some backlash against it. I think there's a lot of people, or there is some people that's not quite too keen on this, especially that they consider they don't have all the information. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see as the information gets out of Google what uh, what this is going to look like in real life. Yeah, and of course, it'll also allow them to, I'd imagine, to. Um to really start to take on Twitch, which is now owned, I think, by Amazon um, oh, through yes. through the YouTube platform, because you know if they own this streaming service, mm. you know they can simply put it, put all these games on YouTube, and we know that um, watching video games is becoming a very big business. Oh, it's massive, yes, and and from that point alone, this is again a game changer for them because they can own the platform. It's much easier for creators to share and stream, meaning your five year old niece and nephew could potentially just pick up a PC or iPhone and start a YouTube channel, which is a good and a bad thing. It could be a good or a bad thing, you know, depending <laughs> on the situation. But they're making the tech very easy. Um, just looking at that on the one side, as a, a content creator, it's fantastic. As a gamer, it's fantastic because you're offloading a lot of the processing power. Um, as a consumer, you know, it's, it's going to be a fantastic thing. Uh, for the industry, it might shake it up a bit, and I'm, and I'm mm. not sure licensing for the game developers. I would imagine that they could eventually, uh, essentially, make more money because you're opening up your audience a lot more. Yes, but we have to ask the question about advertising and money after that. We, we, uh, you know, how would they make money beyond that? Because uh, we know that they would want to yeah. make money off users. Well, I was watching something very interesting last night. In fact, I shared it with you on, yeah. on WhatsApp. Um, I was watching a guy. I thought he was an airline pilot, but he's not. He's actually just mm. damn good at the simulator. He's playing X-Plane 11, which is, in my view, the world's best flight simulator for PCs today. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic uh, software. If you're in any way interested in, in aviation, you probably already know about it, but if you don't check it out. Um, <laughs> and, and he streams live on YouTube, um, and he does flights every day, um, or at least every uh, day on the weekend. I'm not sure if he flies in the week as well. But he, he sets up these flights, and then um, people watch him. So he, he goes through the checklists and, and, and all the buttons he's pressing in the 747 or whatever it is he's flying. And he shows you exactly what's involved in, in – in, Awesome. And he talks to air traffic control. Air traffic control talks back to him. Um, he takes the plane off. He does the scheduled flight. He talking to ATC all the way, uh, has a general banter with the people watching him. So the comments from YouTube are popping up on his screen all the time and he's responding to them. And then he does something which I thought was very interesting and it's not available in YouTube in South Africa yet. Um, and in fact, it's the first I learned of it. It was watching this video. Was mm -hmm. YouTube in the US now allows people who are watching your um, video, provided you're logged in with a Google account, to make donations to you if they appreciate what they're seeing. Um, and he was he kept getting donations, $2, $3 here and there. Yeah, Every couple yeah. of minutes he was getting a donation from people who were genuinely appreciative of, of what he was doing. And this is the mm -hmm. way he's making money. He does this for a living. Um, yeah. And um, I, I'd imagine that Google is taking a cut of that, of each of those donations, probably 30%, mm. which seems to be about mm. the industry norm. And um, that potentially is a huge revenue uh, model for Google. Oh, it is massive, and that's what Twitch works on. There's a few. There's a few other services. I mean, YouTubers in general can use that. They they use other services to make that happen. So YouTube also recently, as you said, en uh, enabled that, and that's the future for content creators. I mean, yeah. getting little donations from uh, people that want to support you, whether it's a monthly donation or just per video. Um, unfortunately, yeah, we don't have that year yet, but without a doubt, you know, it's just. You know, there's just some financial things that need to be worked out, I guess. Mm. But then they flip a switch and, and enable that. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that here in South Africa because there's a lot of content creators that, you know, that they if you only get a thousand viewers on your YouTube videos, it's not really enough. You can't really make money off it. So yes. if you do want to make a little bit more, you can you can kind of monetize in a different way. So if I'm watching it, I can just give you a one off ten bucks. Um, just to say, cool video, man. Keep going. Uh, that's the yeah. kind of that's how you want to support the local community. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's a fantastic model, and I, I look forward to it being launched in South Africa. But watching this guy flying an X Plane Eleven, it felt it was it was a hugely. I found it hugely interesting and hugely entertaining. Um, so he's flying. He was looking out the windows. Uh, you know, he took off from Phoenix, Arizona, and landed in in, in Los Angeles. 
uh, and and he was pointing out things as you go. Yeah, if you look out here out the nice. left window, you'll see uh, Palm Springs, um, and, uh, and there was some cloud moving down the mountain. Graphics in Explain Eleven are amazing. It was cloud moving down the mountain, and the city was kind of obscured in a fog. And he said, "And I'm very glad I'm not doing the the approach into Palm Springs today." Um, carried on <laughs> flying. Listen to him talking to air traffic control, doing the approach. Um, uh, lining it up, landing, following the lines on the runway while talking to ETC, parking, uh, doing all the checks, switching off the engines, etc. It was absolutely fascinating to watch. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I'm sure not everyone's a um, flight simulator nerd, but um, I can see the same thing applying to just about anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a good segue to, I don't know if you saw anything about this new censorship bill that Ramaphosa wants to sign in or I don't know if he has signed it in, about censoring content that you produce and putting it online. So it'll affect guys that want to do exactly what you're saying now. Uh, Live streaming games. I saw something about that, yeah. Yeah, so there's always attacks on all fronts (laughs) for people who want to create content. Um, But that's worth keeping an eye on, I think. Uh, I don't know much about it myself, but uh, Mm. I need to do some investigation and see what's going on there. Yeah, I I saw something about it. I haven't had a chance to look. Maybe this week I'll get a... A chance to have a proper look at that piece of legislation, but I think it's something to do with the FBB, the Film yes, Publication so Bureau. Listen, from, from what I understand, it will essentially require everybody who puts content up. So if you're streaming games and you're putting it up, you're going to have to get approval for each video or something. You're going to have to get everyone rated or something. Sounds, like, video. sounds like another money-making racket. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. So uh, if I so if I if I if I fire up my phone and film myself for five seconds on YouTube, what I'm supposed to get permission of the Film and Publications Bureau before I can take it live? <laughs> well, I think if you if you if you're broadcasting content, so if so if you look at it in the context of gamers streaming, yeah, because you're streaming violent content, I, I don't think it'll affect you. If you, I mean, maybe it will. Maybe every bit of content you create will have to go through this. If that's the case, it's even more ludicrous. Yes. But I think it's aimed at guys who's broadcasting stuff so broadcasting content you don't own potentially or like games or other videos mm. yeah, it raises all sorts of interesting issues though because what if you're playing you happen to be playing twitch and you're rebroadcasting i suppose and then they go after twitch and say that we we well, they, how do they do it i mean these things fire up in, on an instance on the internet and um, mm. you can't go through some sort of regulatory bureau, bureaucracy because i don't know the person who's doing the streaming might be swearing or the game he's playing might um, have graphic content in it it's just yeah i mean trying to censor anything is just stupid to begin with but you know the first i don't think there's been much consultation around this not from what i can see or have heard i don't like when this popped up it was something Mm. that came out of the blue so Somebody's trying to put a fast one, I think. Maybe we should uh, look into it and chat about it next week in yeah. detail. It, so- um, it sounds like yet another piece of legislation come up with, come up with by our government that is unenforceable. Mm. Badly written legislation. But we'll have a proper look and, uh, and maybe have a chat about it uh, next week. Talking about television and, and streaming, um, I attended a Nikasa press conference co- uh, this week. Um, for some reason, Nikasa has this habit of calling press conferences three hours before they're due to start. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most companies will uh, give you like a week's notice or yeah. maybe four days at worst case scenario. No, not Nikasa, three hours before the press conference. We're having a press conference. Drop everything you're doing. Uh, anyway, luckily I was free at the time. So I went all the way through to Pretoria to their new offices. Uh, which I must say are much much nicer than the old offices in Santon, which were uh, oh, yeah. really getting quite old and tired. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, they announced that they are licensing a new free-to-air television player in South Africa. The first time this has been done in 20 years. Um, wow. the, the last time we got a new free-to-air um, terrestrial television broadcaster in South Africa was when ETV was licensed back in 1998 or 1999. Um, and that was the first time we saw a competitor to the SABC, um, mm. which until the late 90s was the only broadcaster of free-to-air television, uh, certainly on a national scale. Um, so Quesay, there were about four or five bidders, uh, and Quesay Free TV, which is 20, 20% owned by Econet, which is the sister company, or actually the parent company, I think, of uh, Liquid Telecom. Um, they've um, they've launched uh, Quesa in a number of markets in South Africa. And you remember last year or the year before, Rechat, that they launched mm. um, Quesa Play, I think it was called. Yes. With, with the uh, set-top box. The, um, what box was it? I forget the name. Um, 
Was Roku, it a Roku it box? It was a Roku, Roku box. Yeah, it was a Roku box. Uh, I don't know how that, that platform is done. Um, and I, ha- I've, I have one of their boxes here, but I haven't plugged it in, in quite a long time. Um, but it's, it's the same. It's the same well, that, that tells you much, everything you need to know there. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was access to YouTube and all the rest of it. Um, exactly. Don't really need uh, linear TV, even if it is streaming. Um, but uh, so they've um, they own 20%. Econet owns 20%. Um, I think there's a provision in the Constitution that prevents a foreign broadcaster from owning more than 20% of a of a local. Um, terrestrial broadcaster i forget the exact phrasing of it but um they they are limited through um south africa's legal framework um so royal buffer king holdings and a company called uh, mosson capital are the other shareholders uh, making up 80 percent of the business now they they've been licensed to provide um uh, ch- channels they've um, got 55 percent of what's called digital mux 3 uh, which is a big chunk of uh, radio frequency spectrum in uh, for digital broadcasting so these guys can't switch on until we've completed the um, or start, at least started the uh, rollover from analog to digital terrestrial television, um, mm. which all seems to have gone quiet again uh, lately. I'm not sure what's happening there, um, but um, they, they're confident of getting on air relatively soon. Um, I'd imagine they'd probably start to roll out sometime next year. Uh, I'm sure they're probably hoping for this year. Um, but they've going, they're planning to launch, uh, I think it's five channels, possibly six. Uh, the first one will be Quasar Sports. Uh, which is a dedicated 24-hour sports channel. Um, that's going to be available in HD, and um, they're, they're going to plan, planning to roll out a, a, another four or five uh, terrestrial channels, possibly in SD, um, mm. and um, focusing on other things like entertainment and that sort of thing. Uh, but an interesting, interesting move. Um, you know, they're coming into a market that is a bit depressed at the moment. Um, certainly, if you look at ETV's numbers, they're not they're not doing all that well. And uh, certainly, if you look at the SABC, they're a bit of a train smash. But uh, I think that's for reasons beyond just uh, <laughs> the commercial aspects of it. <laughs> um, uh, so they're, they're coming into a, into a market that is um, is going to be a bit tough. But uh, and you know, as being a free to air player, they're going to have to rely on advertising. Um, but uh, I say, you know, if um, if uh, com- commercial enterprises are willing to step st- uh, uh, stump up the cash to do this and risk their own money, let them go ahead. Um, if they don't succeed, they don't succeed. But competition is good, and uh, it, mm, it, it mm. provides more choice for viewers. And I think that uh, there's still huge demand for free-to-air television in South Africa. A large percentage of South Africa's population is still not connected to uncapped broadband. Um, mm, mm. And um, and uh, so I think there's going to be big demand for it. Um, and you know some. People don't have the money or don't want to subscribe to DSTV, but they'd like more options available to them. Um, there's, of course, OpenView HD, which is a free-to-air satellite um, solution, and I think there are some Quest channels on there, if I'm not mistaken, already. Um, but, uh, you know, this uh, this doesn't even require a satellite dish. It just requires an antenna. Oh, we know there's, a, there's an audience for free-to-air TV. That's without a doubt, right? Yeah. People have the technology to do, to, to consume it. Um Let's hope they have a strong plan for local content too, because I mean, obviously, local content is what drives a lot of you know good, uh, or, or like a lot of the the fan base for these channels, because um, people want to see local content with a mix of good international content too. We don't want to see seventy year old uh, Bruce Lee movies, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris Sunday Saturday night actions, action night on E. Yeah, <laughs> they had their time, but. You know, you can only watch yeah. a movie so many times. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I don't watch linear television anymore. I just don't. Um, mm. And it's, I'm so much better for it because, I, you know, I can plan, we can plan our viewing here. Um, and, uh, you know, in the past, you'd sit in front of the TV and you channel hop and look for something interesting. And you're actually just wasting your time. Now, yeah, now yeah. You, you, you don't have, there's so much streaming content available on Netflix and elsewhere that, um you uh, you don't have the time to watch it all, so you actually have to do a bit of planning, and um, and so you, you you look out for those good shows, and you make a mental note of them, or you actually write them down, and and you make when you sit down in front of the TV, you watch those shows because you know they're going to be good, uh, and, yeah, and you're not yeah. wasting time. You're you're consuming great content, you're enjoying it, uh, for the most part. Sometimes there might be a dud, but um, mm-hmm. but you're not channel surfing. You're not you're not you know arbitrarily just flipping through channels yeah. and watching garbage. Um, and I think that's that's certainly changed television viewing for me, and it's made it a, a more a more pleasurable experience, and also wastes less of my time, and and so it means I have more time to do other things. Look, you're 100 right. It's it's kind of cut down all that frivolous time spending channel hopping. But now what we're wasting our time on is uh, deciding what to order from the Uber menu, right? The Uber <laughs> Uber meals menu. Uber eats takes you like four four hours just to decide on what to choose, and then you <laughs> then you can watch your your program. 
Uber Eats is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Delivery 2 is also very good. They are. They've got a big range of yeah, they uh, are. restaurants. They are. It's fantastic. And I, I, I actually use them a lot when, uh, when there's load shedding. Because uh, I just, just oh, yes. you know, I don't, you know, you can't. Your microwave doesn't work. Your oven doesn't work. Mm. So unless you're quite lucky enough to have a gas oven, um, yeah. <laughs> so and you don't want to go out because all the traffic lights are out and your garage door doesn't open and all the rest of it. So mm. uh, Uber Eats or Mr D Food and they deliver promptly. <laughs> you, you often hear those little scooters driving around. Oh, that person down down the road is ordering Uber Eats tonight. You can just hear these little scooters. <laughs> yes. It's yes. pretty cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually love to. I should actually ask them um, what the impact is of uh, of load shedding on on, on deliveries. I, I would I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a huge spike in Uber Eats and oh. Mr D Food deliveries when power goes out. Yeah, well, look, you get two kind of people: those that would stay in with the candles or the lights and not cook and order in, and those would go out. I think most people would stay in, yeah, um, yeah. and just order in from somewhere. Yes. But what we really need to start seeing on that note is just you know we, we've almost got a massive infrastructure on people of, on scooters who can pick up and deliver things. Yeah, you know, you, you can see where this is going. Like we're going to be, we've got a few other apps. Um, I think OneCart is one of them that offers a similar service, but you can order from shops, so you can order groceries and things. <laughs> I would like to see a broader thing. Oh, I want to pick up this thing from that shop. Please, can you go and get it for me? You know, just, yeah. uh, that would be pretty cool to see. Yeah. So I'm not sure how we went from Quasi Free TV to Uber Eats and Mr. D Food, but uh, there we go. Um, it's all disruptors. <laughs> anyway, I look forward to seeing what Quasi TV has to offer. Um, I must plug that Roku box in again and see what's on there because mm. um, I'm sure they've made some major updates since, since it was launched. Um, I used it for a few weeks just to learn how it worked and all the rest of it, but um, I didn't find the the content compelling enough for me to warrant keeping it connected to my TV. But it has been some time, so let me let me hook it up and report back next week on what it's uh, what it's looking like. Awesome. Um, so this uh, this one caught my eye this week, um, mostly because it's humorous. Uh, Microsoft is building <laughs> antivirus software for Macs. I, I didn't know Macs were supposed to get viruses. Well, yeah, apparently I haven't used Mac for a while, but yeah, apparently there has been a, a few threats to it. Um, I guess the threat is always you forwarding or you just, uh, you know, infecting somebody else on a Windows machine. So it's kind of in their interest, I guess, to stop it in its tracks if there is any hmm. such threats. But yeah, it's quite funny. I mean, <laughs> it is. Yeah. But there, there are a lot of titles available for antivirus uh, on Mac. They are. Um, they are. We know, we know Window, Microsoft antivirus on Windows is pretty good, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't run any other virus software, I think. I haven't had for a while, actually. I'm running Windows in-house software, and it's working very well. Yeah, uh, there's no reason not to use it. Um, I think it's pretty good. In fact, some, some, I've seen some security analysts saying you shouldn't use third-party software. The one in Windows is, is more than adequate. In fact, if you install third-party ones, especially from uh, lesser-known vendors, you're actually putting your computer at risk. Mm. Um, I, run Bit, hmm. I run Bitdefender, which is regularly um, voted as the top antivirus for Windows. Um, but I don't think you need it. Honestly, don't think you need it. Yeah, no. You just have to be a vigilant user and just don't go to those dodgy websites, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know how many Mac users are going to. I, th I think it's probably aimed at businesses that run Macs um, rather than end users at home. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think your 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 average uh, Mac fanboy is going to uh, install a Microsoft antivirus solution, but maybe in a in a corporate environment um, where uh, the IT department has to manage a, f a field of Mac Macintosh computers, yeah. um, then there maybe that's what what they're aiming at, and uh, you know selling those enterprise mm -hmm. agreements. Hey, here's some software to protect your Macs, and it gets installed. I, I would imagine that that's their focus. And it's a very nice add-on for your Office 365 subscription, remember? So you can just roll it out with your next Office update too. So right. it makes it for the business side very easy, and then it's mm. an easy sell to the guys already using their software, which, again, makes sense considering you want to protect your emails within Outlook, right? So yeah. you don't want to, those infected emails to be forwarded to other people. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. you want to stop it in this track. So. Yeah. But it's interesting, and I think it once again just shows that Microsoft is becoming a multi-platform company, um, and we, we know this. I mean, they're a actively developing apps for iOS and Android, um, and I think this is just um, – and, and, of course, Microsoft Office itself is now um, basically on, on feature parity uh, on Windows and, and Macintosh. So I think that um, – I think it's just a continuation of that strategy to no longer just mm. be a Windows platform developer. They're a, a cloud um, software as a service provider, and um, that means the platform is much less relevant than it used to be. Yeah, and they're also taking ownership of everything. Like you said earlier, it's not the, always the best idea to run third-party antivirus software, um, and they're obviously just trying to mm. make sure that they 
creating their own little garden, I guess, um, of because they can also dig much deeper into their own operating system. Yes. Um, so it makes sense from that point of view. Yeah. I still find it amusing, though, that um, <laughs> Microsoft is developing antivirus for Mac. But uh, there it is. We live in 2019. The world is full of strange and wonderful things. Um, <laughs> speaking of strange and wonderful things, we've got the big Apple keynote tomorrow night. Uh, are you going to be watching, Rehart? Uh Yeah, I might tune in. Uh, I might tune in. We are expecting. I'm not, I'm not such a big fanboy as what I used to be. It's surprising, but yes, I'm interested to see what mm. they what they know. Yeah. So what we know so far is there's going to be two announcements. One is for following that acquisition they made of that company whose name has slipped my mind. Uh, they're planning to launch a um, a subscription magazine service, so you'll pay a certain Buzzfeed. amount. Buzzfeed. No. no, it wasn't BuzzFeed. Um, BuzzFeed was bought by someone else. I also forget who. But they, they bought a small company that, that provided the sort of service. So you, basically what they're going to offer is you um, you pay a certain amount per month. Uh, I don't know, maybe $10. They haven't announced it. Uh, and um, you get access to a library of magazines um, on demand. Cool. Um, so you don't subscribe to individual magazines. You you, you pay a, a set a figure. All right. Yeah, and yeah. you get access to um, 400, 500 titles, whatever it is. It's an interesting model. We're keen to see what uh, what magazines are included there. Uh, and then mm. um, the biggie that's coming tomorrow, supposedly, um, is uh, Apple is launching a competitor to Netflix. Um, Apple TV, I presume it's going to be called. That's the name of their set-top box as well. I think they'll probably call it Apple TV. Um, and mm. the reports suggest they've been feverishly signing up content providers in recent weeks. Um, and this is going to be a direct challenge to Netflix. And it's going to be interesting to see how well they do and um, whether the service is com- comparable what differentiates it from Netflix and um, and whether Apple's going to be successful. Um, my, my guess is it's only going to launch in the U.S. to start. Um, I, I, doubt, mm. I doubt we're going to get it here in South Africa immediately, um, but maybe I'll be surprised. It looks like U.S. market is a massive one for any of these big IT companies to get into, right? So yeah. you, you know how big Net, I mean, Netflix survives on the U.S. on the U.S. market without a doubt. Um, so Apple is just encroaching and seeing it's got an audience. It knows it's got a very nice uh, set of users, and they will all likely switch um, if 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 the library is compelling enough. If they've got all the big shows, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, the other player, of, obviously, Hulu in the US. That's the only other competitor we don't really have in the South Africa. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens with that. Um, yeah, well, HBO, HBO, of course, is also launched now. Oh, yeah, HBO and, mm. and Amazon. Um, and Amazon, yes. That's available here. <laughs> um, although Amazon's content library isn't that great. They've got a few nice exclusive, I believe. But, yeah, I'm not a subscriber. They've got the Grand the grand Tour, which I like. But it's it's not enough to justify a subscription in my view. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting interesting times. Um, and, I, you know, if, they, if Apple is serious about taking on Netflix, they're going to have to go global and they're going to have to do it quite quickly. Um, I can't imagine that they've put the infrastructure in the, on the ground in markets like South Africa already to allow for a global switch on. Uh, but I, I would, I'd imagine that it, it would be here within a year. Uh, at mm. most well you can you can buy movie videos rent videos on itunes still can't you as a you south can. african you can i don't know if they've got any infrastructure in the ground in south africa though. i think it's you're just connecting to servers in europe and the u.s uh, um, if you're going to do a streaming service properly you need to you need to put down a content distribution network in south africa like netflix we, has done well we've got some pretty big uh, ne- uh data centers here so it's yeah. not impossible to imagine that they could do it but i agree they generally don't launch something like this mm. uh to all countries you know they brought out to their to a few of the big ones and then uh yeah you know leave it for leave it for later for us so this will succeed or fail i think based purely on the quality of their content and the pricing of the service i don't think the apple name is going to lend this a lot of credibility mm. um you know it's going to have to be cross-platform i mean they then they're obviously not going to offer this as a a Mac exclusive. You can only watch our service on a Mac. You can't watch it on Windows or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would make no sense. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, I don't think the Apple brand is necessarily going to lend a lot of weight to the success of um, of something like this. I think it's really going to live and die, or live or die by the content and the and the cost of yeah. it to consumers. Well, they do have a few few cards up their sleeve, right? I mean, Pixar. Disney, I mean, well, okay, Disney's, la- Disney's doing its own thing. I mean, they're launching their own. They're services. launching. You're right. Sorry, but yeah. Pixar, at least, or some of those animations. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, what Pixar's other- owned by Disney now. I think. 
Oh yeah, they're not even involved with Apple, so I got that one completely. Used to be. Well, they used to. It used to be yeah, Steve yeah. Jobs, um, and then, and then when he rejoined Apple, he sold Pixar to someone else. Um, completely. So not mm. you don't have shares in it. So there's not uh, potentially. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Disney could be the big threat here because if they yeah. pull all their content from all of the platforms, yeah, uh, yeah, it's. But you know, I've always said that you probably have one or two. You probably have two or three services to begin with. You know, mm. if you because you know Netflix is kind of the standard, and then if you want something specific on another service, like if you want to watch the Grand Tour, if you want to watch now soon at Disney, you probably have to subscribe to that specific service. Yes, we'll probably live in a future. We'll see a future where these um, all of these big houses, or the big movie houses, would have their own platforms, and just that's how you get the movies yep. through them directly. Yeah, it's a, there's a splintering of, of, of things here, and um, you, you, I think we're all going to have to end up subscribing to two or three services to get the content mix that we that we really want. It's not going to be a, a case of, um, okay, we'll subscribe to Netflix and I'll be satisfied. Um, you're probably going to have to subscribe to Netflix, possibly to Apple, maybe to HBO. Um, then Google Stadia, then your um, music subscription, <laughs> then your YouTube subscription. <laughs> I mean, your monthly salary is going to go like twenty percent just to subscription services, yeah. <laughs> which these companies. Although sure mine love. probably also already does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to be a case of you know you sign up for stuff and and you quite aggressive in cancelling when you need to. Yeah. Um, well, I, you can right. You can. You do can do that. You can do that, yeah. I mean, I'm tempted to to re-sign up to to Amazon Prime Video just so that I can watch a Grand Tour and then unsubscribe again. Mm. So I do that with uh, Showmax. So I use Showmax on a few months and watch a few things, and then I stop once I don't. I would always keep Netflix because it's a lot of it's too much. There's a lot on there. Yeah, good stuff on there. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I love about it. You know, you're not hooked into anything. You don't have to. It's just there. Yes, fantastic. The way yeah. it should be. Absolutely, absolutely. So our last story of item of news this week was uh, um, Huawei invited journalists to their um, offices in Santon this week to have a look at something very special, uh, and that's the new Mate X foldable phone. Um, and I got hands-on time with this thing uh, very briefly. Um, there was a lot of demand. There was only one of them. It is only one in the country. <laughs> uh, and um, I must say, I'm, I'm starting to come around to this idea of foldable phones. Uh, it's very, no, really. Very Did, are you swayed? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. Um, I certainly wouldn't be buying this one, the first generation. Uh, sure, sure. And and I, I did notice um, that it has a plastic screen. Um, so when it was under the spotlights in the uh, in the Huawei offices, um, there was a lot of um, unpleasant reflection off the screen. Uh, mm. um, and I think the technology, the screen technology, has a long way to go before it's properly refined and, and, and ready for the mass market. I also wouldn't be buying one of these things because they're hideously expensive. Um, we were looking at probably Oof, looking at around yeah. 40,000 Rand for a phone. Um, which doesn't make sense. Um, but you know, it's gen one technology. The price will come down as, as the manufacturing volumes go up and mm. they'll, they'll, they'll perfect it. But for, for gen one, for a gen one device, I have to say I was genuinely impressed with this thing. Um, falls away to a 6.6 inch smartphone, which is a good size. And opens up to this really decent sized tablet like form factor um, uh, I, th I think the, 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 you know they still need to do a lot of work on the on the software although clearly they have already um, Android ten is going to support this stuff um, out the box as it were uh, but um, i'm I'm impressed and I think they've taken a, an early lead over Samsung um, in terms of the design of yeah. this thing uh, I was impressed I, 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 it, it was amazing to see a phone bending like that. Um, and uh, I may get one at some point in the future, but it certainly won't be Gen 1 and probably won't be Gen 2 either. Um, mm. I think it might be ready for prime time around 2021 or so. That's a prediction we'll put on on the records and uh, report back on, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think there's a, there's a fantastic market for it. It makes a lot of sense to have a foldable because, again, this is just paving the way for – you know, bigger foldable screens for other applications, yep. something that you can pull out like we've seen in the sci-fi movies, you know, yeah. just put out something out of a little scroll and then you've got a massive newspaper-sized screen in front of you. I yes. love the idea. Yes. Not quite newspaper-sized, but uh, <laughs> I, I get where you're going with that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be the projector technology, sorry, the hologram. <laughs> um, but cool, it's very cool tech and it's, it's great to see innovation happening in, in, in the smartphone space again. Oh yes, oh yes. Something interesting that yeah, that's really pushing the boundaries. Yeah. But I think early adopters and those guys that want to show off, um, it's, it's, it'll be fine for them. But yeah, I'm still mm. happy with my little phone. I'm not going to change yet. Mm. 
So that's our news this week. It certainly was a action-packed news uh, diary there. Um, but let's move on to our uh, our picks of <laughs> our, our uh, not picks of the winner and loser of the week. Uh, our winner this week is Google for. Um, Bringing YouTube Premium to South Africa at last. Yeah, uh, it used to be called YouTube Red, right? And then they rebranded yes. YouTube Premium, and bringing it to South Africa at a very good price. Thanks, Google. Thanks for looking. Yeah, YouTube us. without ads, best thing ever. <laughs> and our loser this week is Ruben Mortlachlocha, who is the former chairman of ICASA, who was removed by the communications minister this week after he was convicted of fraud involving the land bank. Um, he's been sentenced, I think, to 20 years in prison. Um, he has indicated that he's going to appeal that. But he, st- he hung on uh, as long as he could as ICASA chairman, despite the fraud conviction, despite Parliament wanting to get rid of him. Um, he, he hung on um, for as long as he could. And who knows why? Uh, maybe collecting his paycheck. But um, he's now been fired. Um, the fraud convict, the convicted fraudster, Ruben Mochler Locha. Uh, good riddance. Uh, what's your pick this week, Rechard? So I have finally, it's not a major pick, but it's kind of changed my life in a little way. Uh, I bought a wireless charger for my phone. <laughs> and it, it makes such a huge difference that you don't have to plug that little cord in every time you want to charge your phone. You know yes. what I'm saying? I don't, know, I don't know if you use one, but it's kind of been a big thing for me. So I'm now a big advocate of, advocate of wireless charging pads. Yeah. But what I would recommend is, especially if you've got a higher-end phone, you need to make sure you get one of the ones that support uh, a quick charge or one of those kind of features. Yeah. Not all of them do, but uh, I think the highest rating you can get is a 10-watt charger. I could be wrong. If there is a higher one, I would, would definitely like to know about it. But mm. this one is a 10-watt, and uh, it works with um, – so if you've got a 10-watt or higher uh, physical charger for your phone – Yeah. Um, it'll then push it through at a slightly higher rate. But I use it just for bedside, kind of uh, just put it down in the evening. It's very handy. Charge. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's very handy. Um, so it's, yeah, and with the battery lasting on these on these Huawei phones lasting so long, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't, it's just nice for when I need it. It's there, just drop it down. Um, so what, what did you yeah. get? Was it the original Huawei accessory or did you get something else? No, no, no. So this is a Romos WF02. Um, it goes for about... 250 rand or so. Okay. Um, but I got it good. specifically because it supports um, QI charging, which is a 10 watt fast charging. Right. Obviously, your phone can do much higher. I think um, the Huawei's <laughs> are rated at six. It's got a 60 watt charger, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's so a 45. Not, I think the Mate 20 Pro is a 45. It's a 45. Yeah. I've got a, f- a few 45 watt chargers, so obviously this one will still only push out mm. 10 watts. But again, it's, it's not intended. If I want to do a quick charge, I still have my original charger, so I still use that. It's still plugged in for when I need a quick zap. But this is just nice for, again, the overnight charging, just leaving mm. it on the pad, doing its thing. Yeah, um, very useful. Very I've handy. Got, very I've handy. got one of my Samsung uh, Galaxy S8, which still sits on my desk, charging away all day. Uh, <laughs> nice. And it's, it's trickle it's, charge, but it's, it's fine. It's, it, it's fine, yeah. It makes, it makes it up over time. Exactly, exactly. Now, the other thing that made me think of this too is you get these wireless chargers for your car as well. And that kind of mitigates the need to have um, both your charging and your audio output if you're still using 3.5 mil audio for your car. Mm. So I can actually plug this into my car as well um, and then use my 3.5 mil audio uh, jack and charge my phone at the same time. Nice, nice. Which is pretty handy. Nice. My pick this week is an app which um, I think uh, either you or I picked uh, quite a some time ago, but I'm going to re- <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pick it again because it's t- timeless and um, a lot of good work has been de- done in developing it, and I've been using it extensively mm. in the last week. Um, you can probably guess by now. I'm talking about Escom's a push. Uh, which is a <laughs> yeah. brilliantly named app, um, which uh, which really just gives you updates on load shedding and um, mm. uh, gives you a forecast, shows you the different stages for your area. I'm, I happen to be on City Power, um, and it um, it's good. Just does gets its job done. It sends you alerts when you need them. Um, it's a it's a simple interface done well, and uh, I'm not sure who the developer is, but uh, they've done, they've done a good very good job with it. So uh, they deserve a second pick. Escom's a push. If you're not using yeah. it, you should be. If you're uh, and they sorry Rachel. sorry no I was just, they recently upgraded their service too, so there's no more outages on the app itself. They used to there was a time when all of the stuff came, or all the outages came back that the app just couldn't load oh, manage right. to load. But um, they also have a great uh, little news um, section. So just anything interesting pops up uh, yeah. on top from time to time, which is great. Yeah, yeah. definitely definitely the most used app in South Africa right now. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if, if, uh, if anyone hasn't heard of it, though, grab it from the App Store. It's, it's for iOS and Android, right? Yeah. 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 
uh, great little app, and um, hopefully load shedding's gone away now. There's no load shedding mm, today. Mm. We're recording uh, this on Sunday, the 24th of March. First time in about oh, 10 days, I think, that we haven't had load shedding. Mm. Long may it last. Last week was very, very painful, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it's incre- I just, I just don't understand what what they should be doing. This is my little final note here. They should have just imp- they should implement every day two or three hours for everybody just across the board so we can all plan properly. Mm. You know, it's 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 if this thing changes every second day and you don't know where you're going to fall and you can't really make provision for working from home if you're a freelancer, for example, or working from the office if you don't have uh, generator infrastructure. Yeah. Um, we just need a better plan to execute this thing. Because load, load shedding could be quite fun. Sorry. I mean, you know, I, I, it's, it's a nice break away from the screen when I don't, you know, if I plan it properly, then I use it as that excuse to not focus on my computer, which I see as a blessing. Yeah. Uh, it's still not a good thing, but, you know, trying to make light of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, you don't focus on your computer. I'm, I just haul out my battery packs and carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I was going to chat to you about your your big battery setups you got. There. I need to get one of those. I think yeah. that's the only mm. way you can keep your machines running. Inverters, big inverters, yeah, and they they run relatively quietly. Well, certainly very quietly mm. next to a generator. Um, but uh, good luck finding one in South Africa right now. I believe there is no stock anywhere. So we can bid on yours, and I think you got two, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> Should I put them on put them on bid or, bid or buy or something and see what I get for them? No, 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 hang on, hang on. I was actually <laughs> skimping for myself there. <laughs> Opening bids at half a million. <laughs> Look, you, you, you can be standing outside in the corner of your road selling electricity to people who want to just charge their devices. Yes. It could be quite funny. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, I think that's almost our show, apart from our quiz results and our song pick, which I must line up. Uh, what are we going to use, YouTube Music or Spotify to play this today? Um, well, I've got this. Well, it's up to, let's do it. I don't think this It could be on Spotify, on YouTube. Let's actually check. That's a good point. Let's see if it's – because this is our African band, Shadow Club. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I know they are definitely on uh, Spotify. Let's see if they are on uh, YouTube Music. Yeah, I'm having a look here. Uh, Sh- uh, Shadow Club, that's the name of the band. Um, yeah, do, I'm just bringing it up here in Spotify. Should we do the quiz results uh, in the meantime? Sure. Let me go for the first question. Google has launched YouTube Premium in South Africa, which includes a subscription to YouTube Music. How much does it cost? And the answer is 72 rand a month uh, or 71 rand and 99 to be precise. And which JSE IT listed IT company this week delayed publication of its interim financial results by three weeks? And that's EOH. Can't catch a break, that company. Yeah. <laughs> Third question. Queset Free TV has been granted a license to offer free-to-air digital TV in South Africa. What's the first channel it plans to launch and in HD? And the answer is Queset Sports. Let's just hope they get the good licenses, right? Yeah, indeed. Um, I don't think they're going to be going up against uh, multi-choice for things like rugby, though. Yeah. Uh, Uber is getting ready to list. Uh, which stock exchange? Oh, by the way, it's rumored it's going to have a market cap or the indic- indicative market cap of $120 billion. Wow. <laughs> and it still doesn't own many cars, right? doesn't own any cars. Um, except for a few self-driving ones, I think. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, which it uses for testing. But which stock exchange has it reportedly decided to list on? And uh, that's the New York Stock Exchange, which is interesting because hmm. most of these tech companies go for the nasdaq oh yeah that's interesting and the final question which uh, international company has acquired 23 percent of south african fiber telecommunications telecommunications company metro fiber networks and the answer is stoa infra and energy and that's our quiz and uh, that's our show Rechart, we are playing out with uh, your pick this week as we already mentioned it's a band called Sh- uh, shadow club i don't know them actually um and a track called Bellarama, absolutely fantastic South African band. I saw them live for the first time last year, um, just at a small little gig when they were actually launching this album. And recently, for the last two weeks, I've just had this on rotation. It's just such a great album. Um, and this is my new favorite track called Bellarama. Bellarama. Uh, we are playing this from Spotify, mainly because I couldn't get YouTube music up fast enough on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll try, we'll try YouTube music to play it next week. From, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they are on there. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. From Richard and myself, until next Sunday, take care and cheers. Ciao, ciao. I'm in Atlanta.